Yeah. Weezy, yeah. Welcome back to Champions of the West, your official basketball-only podcast, that other sport where 11 men run after 11 men like barbaric old soldiers. is not a sport that we recognize at Michigan anymore. We will not be talking about it except for maybe like 8 or 10 minutes now. Besides for that, we play basketball, we play defense, we will take out your Warriors, your Blue Bloods, and we will turn them into smithereens. But first, I guess we'll talk about football. Since the two of you went to Columbus, let's start with that. Nikki, I guess you and Sean just kind of like walk us through your experience, game day, kind of what it was like, and then we'll, we'll quickly hit on the game in the season. Um, yeah, I mean, it was my first time down there. We hitched a ride with some people there and back. Um, and we were pretty intimidated going in, I would say, thinking that it was going to be, you know, a game that it turned out to be. Uh, maybe not that bad, but definitely didn't think we would. I didn't think I would win. We were going to win the game when I walked in. Like, I deep down really? knew something was going to happen, unfortunately. And great. I think I've been like riddled with that my whole life. Yeah. But the fans weren't as bad as everyone says, at least to us. Maybe we stayed away. We didn't dress in bright yellow or anything like that. Sure. Um, overall, honestly, a good experience besides whole watching our football team crumble in our playoff chances before our very eyes. So what was the one thing you said to me when you got back? You said, I will not be seeing, as Sean said, the first Michigan victory at Ohio Stadium under under Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, I'm not going back to witness yeah. us get killed again. Yeah. I'll tell you that. I think once the once the seal's broken, I'll be happy to run back. But I couldn't go through that again. Sean, did you have similar experience? 100. percent I mean, it was just uh, two peas in the pod, just the two of us kind of making our way down through Columbus. But um, no, I would say that for anyone who's thinking about going down there. We have to be more than four and a half point favorites. I don't know if you really want to go down there when Urban Meyer is the coach because he clearly just has uh, our number. And I don't know if that's ever going to change. Columbus is like optimized for the post-grad. They had a bunch of these kind of like open tailgates where you go and there's like places where you can get beers, but it's open. And it's, it's, I mean, it's kind of a, a good spot if you're a, you know, a 28-year-old Ohio State fan. Um the tailgates that we went to uh, from Nick's friend were also nice. I mean, they were very gracious with their beer. Granted, it was after the game ended, so uh, they were kind of slap happy there. This uh, people were saying that the seat, yeah, yeah, the people were saying the seats weren't that. Uh, there were a lot of bad seats, but Nick and I, I thought, had had a really nice vantage point um, higher up than Michigan Stadium, which kind of had a press box esque feel. So. Uh, all in all, I mean, um, once the game started, it was shitty. But before before that, it was fine. Um, our boys just need to come to play next time because we're not going back until we see a Michigan victory. In- Absolutely not. So let's talk about the season as a whole. We know that the game was a blowout. I mean, 101 points. Was that the most in, in rivalry history? Probably right. I can't 60, imagine yeah. in the eighteen was. in the eighteen hundreds they were scoring they were scoring a hundred points a game. It's a different kind of drunk when Michigan loses a football game. I've all, that and that Michigan State game our senior year with the block punt. Yeah. it's a different kind of, of yeah. That, that's sad. 
mopey. It's like I just got broken up with yeah. or something. Well, like, so so I, I do want to. terrible. I do want to get to that in a second, but let's just quickly the season ten and two with the only two losses to two teams that finished in the top six. Um, is that a success? It's it's hard to know because, and you guys know this better than I do, but the bar can't be set as high as it once was for Michigan football because there's no sense if you can't reach it consistently. Pretty much you can pencil in Alabama and Clemson to make the playoff every year, and there's two spots that are going to be available to two other teams and two other contenders. Usually one of those teams is going to be in the Big Ten. This year it wasn't, but – I last think two years, but I think a lot or last two years, but I think a lot of Michigan fans have this unrealistic sense of us being one of the best five teams every year in the country. And I just don't think that's the case anymore. So would you say the 10 and two overall was it was a good year was a decent year? How would you characterize it? I mean, when you look back on this year, I think it was a hard schedule, but I don't think that's an excuse. I think this team should have won should have won that game or maybe you don't schedule Notre Dame to start because sure. you go 11 and one and maybe it doesn't even matter that yeah. game you're playing for either three and four or I don't know. Um, but at the end of the day, we still haven't beaten Ohio state under Jim Harbaugh. I don't yeah. think you're going to have a shot at winning a national championship and getting in a playoff until you win that game. Well, so Sean, that was going to be my question to you is, you know, the only game that I will still give the asterisk to is the Michigan State game, the punt game. If you exclude that game, and that was pretty much a win for 59 minutes and 50-whatever seconds. But Harbaugh was, except for that, and including that, would have been 10-1 and going into three of four games against Ohio State. Would you consider Harbaugh so far, so far to be an abject failure because Michigan hasn't made the playoff? Or... Or are you like me and of the belief that Michigan football was so bad during the Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hoke era that Harbaugh's kind of at least brought us back to national prominence where every single year on the final weekend of the regular season, we're still playing for something that matters. I think that is a huge deal. And in time, the playoff appearance will come. The national championship will come. But I don't think one of those things that's going to happen right now. What say you? I think that, you know, without a doubt, Harbaugh has – has raised our program up, you know, one standard deviation, maybe two, especially when you think about what was going on with Brady Hoke uh, towards the end of his career. I mean, Nick, you remember the Bill, the Bill Snyder game when we got absolutely shit canned. Oh, remember of, that? I think I blacked out in that game. It was so bad. Yeah, and packed house. Or no, it was at Oxford. House. Yeah, at Oxford yeah, House. That was such a bad game. After the loss against Penn State in overtime and like, yeah. Yeah, but I think that what Charles Woodson said at last year's commencement or this year's commencement is you got to start taking this Ohio State game hyper seriously. This should be the season-defining moment. And maybe, maybe Harbaugh says that internally, but there is no way you could say that those guys came ready to play. I mean, we looked so flat, and even from the first drive, you kind of just knew that Ohio State was going to beat us, right? Like, they just went down the field and scored the easiest touchdown against us What we've seen maybe under Harbaugh. Yeah. Um, so, yes, Josh, we've definitely raised the, raised our level of performance. You know, we are frustrated and upset that we're playing in a, uh, you know, in a major bowl game and going 10-2. and two. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you don't beat Ohio State, 
you know, it's, it's not, it's not a successful season. And I mean, maybe we have to change our, our expectations, but then, then our program's taking a big step back. Right. So yeah, it's, tough, man. it's, it's not easy to be a Michigan football fan at this point. And I think that we just have to keep focusing and pounding and, uh, and hoping for that victory over the, over Ohio state. I mean, what's what it you boys, if we go eight and four, but beat Ohio State, or we go eleven and one and lose to Ohio State. What would you prefer? If we go eleven and one, we wouldn't make the playoffs in this hypothetical. Beat Ohio State. Beat Ohio State. No, I want eleven and one. I want to. I want to go into the Ohio State game every year with the chance to make the playoff. If you go to, into that Ohio State game seven and four, then you, you're playing for pride, but you're not really playing for. Well, maybe that's what bigger. they need. Maybe they need to play one game for pride. They have. They have the 42-41 game. I think Michigan was like 5-6 and six or something garbage in that game and almost won. No, I think every year – and you need to beat Ohio State when you have a chance to make the playoff when you're at the top of your of your program. That's what I believe. Or we just wait until Urban Meyer resigns. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, but they'll have somebody else. Dwayne Haskins will play Or we just commit years. to a, a basketball school. I was going to say, let's. should we talk about a program that we like? Should we should we should we talk about a program and a team that we were pretty high on, but I don't think even the wildest optimists in the three of us saw this coming, boys? Sean, I love I that. Know. I think Nick and I were a lot higher than you, Josh. Look, I am I am an optimist in so many realms, but at a certain point, you have to temper expectations a bit. The expectations are so far out the window at this point that I don't even know how to feel. I've got feeling all over my extremities, we're a wagon. tingling. Let's. Let's go through the two games this week. So Michigan, as Nick loves to use, shit pumped, absolutely blew the brakes off of North Carolina. Carolina was up 21-11. Michigan made a run and never looked back. Michigan's two wagons this season so far, Iggy and Charles, were both outstanding. Iggy hit 24 points. Charles hit 21. Jordan Poole. Found his shot again. Who knew that was a thing? He finished with 18 points, and Michigan was dominant. And then in the game on Saturday against Purdue, Purdue really never found a rhythm. Michigan was up 44-28 at halftime and just kind of rolled and cruised through the second half. Uh, Michigan got really awesome performances from all five starters. Um, To me, the MVP in the game was Teske. He finished with 17-8 on only six shots and six free throws which is wildly efficient. Uh, our man Jordan Poole had 21 points and went eight for nine from the floor. Um, this team is eight. No has Northwestern tomorrow. Um, Sean, I, I, I got to start with our guy Iggy first, because there was a lot of one and done hype at the beginning of the year that you and I probably wrongfully brought up. And the uh, we're full head of steam. This kid's incredible, isn't he? Oh yeah. I was saying one and done, Josh. I, I I think we I think I brought it up. I think you reeled me in. And I then, said he'd be a sophomore. <laughs> come up like my boy Livers, who I'm still so high. Livers at. is pretty good, but but let's yeah. Let's start with Iggy. Sean, just 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 give me feelings, words. Let's just anything. What have you seen so far that that has you just going crazy over this guy? Complete player, mentally, physically, offensively, defensively, inside, outside. Complete player. Yeah, I, right. I, I mean, he looks like he's a four-year senior under Beeline. Yeah. Um, when he can just—I mean, I think for me, the thing that stands out the most 
everything his his expectations have, he's exceeded expectations beyond right. you know across the board. But the thing that has been the biggest jump has been his defense. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, he's in. He is. He is so disciplined. He is so fast uh, moving those feet of his. Yeah. Keeps his hands up and doesn't and doesn't leave his feet, just like Mister Pesky Tesky, yeah. Mister Big Sleep. But um, complete players is kind of the for the sure. words. I use. You want to talk I about think, livers? Do you want to talk well, about Iggy? Or? I always can talk about. Go, 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 no, 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 no. I think the coolest part is the way I've never seen. Maybe, maybe I don't watch enough college basketball outside Michigan, but the way he uses both hands around the yeah. basket, yeah. is like so NBA. Like, yeah, exactly. Wildly like, I advanced. don't. I don't see many college players doing that. And maybe no. I don't think that's – I watch a lot of college basketball. Who am I talking? I, yeah, that is different. It's, it's different. different how he can attack different. at the rim with his left hand or yeah. his right hand. And, yeah, he's he's been unbelievable. To me, the biggest impressive part is it never feels like he's gunning. You know, guys that are that talented, I mean, the perfect example is his fellow Canadian, RJ Barrett, who's averaging like 20 or 21 field goal attempts per game, who's going to get his numbers like Carson Edwards that we saw. But it's never within the flow of the offense. Iggy on Saturday was four for seven with 12 points, two rebounds and two assists and played 32 minutes. If he couldn't defend, he wouldn't have stayed the game. The point is, it's never forced. It's never rushed. He had that one filthy step where he dribbled back. in and he stepped back for three, oh. and that's an NBA move. Yeah, I mean, they do that every night like in the association. The but it wasn't even a hop step. It was yeah. just a smooth dribble back, totally under control. Um, I don't know how many games of Iggy we get. I, I have a feeling he'll at least test the waters. Maybe he comes back for a second year and makes an even greater leap and could potentially be a national player of the year because – if he comes back for a second year, I think he's got a shot to be that good. Um, Nikki, who else do we want to talk about? Who, who I mean, else on the team? Obviously, Poole has come out of his slump, yeah. um, which has been great. I think, what was he, five for five from three the other night? Yeah, exactly. Um, so that was kind of needed because that was kind of the last question mark, I would say, from the top seven guys. Yeah. Is, is this going to be our three-point threat? Yeah. And clearly, the answer's yes. yes. The answer's and yes. And he's going to shoot it. And when he's going to hit it, he's going to go back and shoot it again. I love it. And he's going to shoot it again love until it. he misses. Love like, it. He has the full-on green light and then heat check moments. Yeah, like, 100%. So, I mean, he's been he's been fun to watch, kind of get back in the flow of things. And then I also, as much as I want to talk about livers, I'm going to talk about Teske. Yeah, because please. Teske has probably been as surprising if not more surprising than Brad Zekas yeah in terms of his development and how good he is on offense yeah to add to his you know one of the best probably rim defenders in all of power five basketball so what just to follow up on that is Teske's development as a stretch guy as a rim protector as a guy that can get around screens can switch can do so many things turns Michigan's ceiling so much higher because you can actually – he played 31 minutes against Purdue. That's not an accident. In years past, you can only play a big guy like that 10, 15 minutes a game, and they get tired. His stamina has been amazing. It gives Michigan the ability to play livers at the five if they want to, but if they want to go big and play Teske 30 minutes a game at the five, fuck it. Go for it. Let him, let him do that. Um, John, we hit on Iggy, Teske, and Pools. Is there anybody else that you really like that we missed so far? Who, Besides really Brooks. Seen? 
I know you're going to talk about Brooks. Now you can talk about Brooks if you want to talk about Brooks. Who do you want to talk about? Uh, I mean, let's talk about expectations now, right? I mean, we've seen we've seen what's happened. First, what eight games? Eight games. Yep. Um, by the way, I'm going to the Northwestern game tomorrow. So uh, well, last, last time year, I too, and that went great. Yeah, Who are you going with? There, you go great, Liza and Sarah and Courtney. Nice. Uh, Steve Stein got us some tickets. So shout out Stein family if you guys are listening. Shout out, um, yeah. So no, but let's talk about expectations. I mean, wh- where where do you guys see this team come March, come mm-hmm. April, maybe? Absolutely in the top four, like for double double buys in the tournament. Uh, NCAA and, or oh, or are you Big talking? 10? Yeah, sorry, Big Ten or NCAA, or NCAA both. or both. I think we have a legit shot at a one seed. Sure, I really do. Yeah, I don't see a team beating us. I think we're gonna have some slump days. Like we haven't had one yet, really. But that's because probably our defense will keep us in most games. Um, but I think there's a there's a high likelihood. I haven't really studied the calendar that we lose less than two or three games in all the Big Ten. Wow. Um, we look that good. I think. Yeah. It's like something I've never seen. The problem, Sean. Before I, before I let you go, the problem is the Big Ten is really good this year. I mean, we watched Wisconsin play tonight. Wisconsin had a really rough game against Rutgers, but even a team like Rutgers, who's able to, to play a single-digit game against Wisconsin at Cole, was something that eight, five, or five or eight years ago was never possible. So the thing for what Michigan is uh, – So is that a compliment to Rutgers or 69-64 for Wisconsin. Or is that saying that Wisconsin's not as good? See, because- that's that's the point. But it, but it doesn't even matter because ultimately what matters to us to only lose two, three, four games is that the floor of the Big Ten is so much higher than it's usually been. A Rutgers game that you normally can walk into the rack and win that game by 20 points without breaking a sweat is no longer going to be the case. And so it's almost not – Can't have an off night. Right. It's not the big games as much that scare me. It's the games where you just kind of think you can walk in and not have a problem. Um, you know, Michigan has – I mean, I, I don't see a, a loss – I mean, personally, I don't see a loss, a potential loss, until January 19th at Wisconsin. To me – from now until then, the schedule sets up extremely nicely. I'll just read out quickly what I think between you know who the, the schedule is between now and then at Northwestern tomorrow. That if Sean doesn't bring us a win for, he can't come on the pod next week. So that's Last fine. Big Ten team we've lost to. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Home South Carolina. Home Western Michigan. Home Air Force. Home Binghamton. Home Penn State. Home Indiana. At Illinois. Home Northwestern. There's, there should if there's a loss on the schedule in any of those games, it's inexcusable. It's completely baffling. At Wisconsin, January nineteenth is the first game to me. I think we could lose at Indiana. I mean, they have Jawan Morgan and Romeo Langford that are both playing great. Playing at Penn State is always tough. We end the season at Maryland and at Michigan State. Um, I think there's losses to be had on the road. I would be shocked if this Michigan team lost to anybody in this conference at home. I think we're good enough to because it to go undefeated. And the the home field advantages, the home court advantages looked a lot better. Yeah, of late yeah, than it Sean. Has when we were there, that was the biggest thing to me was how packed it was for a Wednesday night nine thirty tip off at Chrysler, and how you know excited the crowd was too. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think that uh, the only saving grace of us getting 
crushed in uh, in the game was, and you know, in the the football game was, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of fans are feeling the same way about us. And, yeah. You know, thinking about how we could lose a game. Yeah. It's got to be something. It's 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 just you know taking your foot off the off the pedal once. Sure. Right? I mean, our defense is predicated on just intense, intense defense man to man like not and you know not letting guys get open or not like taking a play off not taking a step off and that's what's been so suffocating but really hard to keep that up the entire season so, yeah also the free throws are still it's, i yeah, don't understand yeah it. let's it's the most puzzling thing about this basketball team let's talk a little bit about that because last year's team we were extremely worried that at some point the free throws that were going to come back and bite us in the ass it, it didn't happen it hasn't didn't happen last year it hasn't happened this year um iggy is shooting almost 80 percent but you know, our guy Charles Matthews is shooting just under 60. Teske is shooting 55. Xavier Simpson, our fucking point guard, is shooting 40% from the free throw line. If we're in a close game, I think Simpson doesn't want to play in a close game because he can't make free throws down the stretch. And if we get in a close game, he'll have to shoot it. I mean, we haven't seen it yet. We, we don't know. Sean, is there any anything you can do? With free throws? I, I feel like if someone – we haven't had a close game yet. No, 17 points was the closest game. Yeah, so once we have a close game, is a team going to foul us? Like I would. Rutgers was doing tonight to Wisconsin. Yeah, to, to, to Hap. Yep, to Hap. But exactly. you could do that with three of the guys on yeah, the floor. exactly. Yeah, we only play seven guys, so you can't hide anybody. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah, I think I think uh, Z is really going to be the guy who's going to be the, the issue. I mean, Matthews has shot – he started off the season like atrocious – or whatever the first couple games i think it's gotten slightly better uh and his shot his release doesn't look terrible z oh my god yeah. that that is he <laughs> looks like martell it's bad yeah it, it is terrible um i don't know i mean john was saying that they're doing some meditation some like i don't know like maybe get into his a little hypnosis action i it hasn't hurt us yet i think that if there's an issue then we have to trust Brooks. Uh, but Brooks you know, isn't shooting any better. No. Really? From the free throw line? 60%? Brooks is shooting 67. I don't think Brooks has taken that many free throws. Brooks yeah. is only two for three on the year. So that's <laughs> not really a sample size. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you almost have to play, play Simpson. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's brutal right what now. It's limb picking. What percent out of how many? Brooks is two for three. No, Z. Oh, uh, I don't know. You're asking. God, Z is six for 15. <laughs> enough of a sample size in eight games that you can say, man, if you're shooting two free throws a game, one of them is definitely not going in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's Maybe brutal. That's brutal. I mean – yeah, I think that I, it really seems like our only weakness is going to be the um, it's going to be that the free throw shooting if we are out of focus and let some cheap baskets. I mean, what was insane was looking at the shot distribution versus Purdue. We literally only made baskets from at the basket or from the three point range. Yeah, that's by design. Yeah. And that's not like a cupcake team. I mean, Purdue no, isn't Purdue's known for their – Purdue's going to get 11 or 12 Big Ten wins this year for sure. Exactly. Not a single basket from no, that. Crazy. Sean, Nick, the, the other question I have to ask, and we're talking about free throws, um, but I, I do want to talk about one other thing. 
in, in terms of fouls too is depth. We've touched on it a little bit, but Michigan is still only playing seven guys. Um, the the set the five starters that we mentioned and then Livers and Brooks come off the bench. But there's going to be a point where you know you're playing in a hostile road game and a couple guys pick up early fouls or cheap fouls or somebody rolls an ankle or something happens. Do we have a number eight? I, I mean, I'm not counting Austin Davis because Austin Davis is, has been useless and he comes in. I think against Purdue, he played a minute. He picked up an offensive foul and Beeline said. Come here, son. Come, come take a seat next Good to work. me. And, Thank you for uh, your time. Exactly. But X of that, you know, we don't have anyone. I, I mean, what if there was one player, one position that you'd want depth, Nick, where would it be and who would it be coming from? Um, I think for the up for the front court, it's obviously Johns. Okay. Um, he's looked pretty pretty bad yeah honestly yeah. When we saw him in mohegan he looked kind of all out of sorts yep. um just looked like a freshman in beeline's offense yep. all like iggy's just kind of ruined it for him um and honestly livers as well yeah because uh, pool didn't have much of an offensive like or defensive he just was going and shoot the ball gunning yeah, yeah. so um I think Johns has the most improvement then, obviously, to Julius because. Do you think to Julius? Do you think, think at some point he can grab the rotation this I year? I really think that he, if, if Brooks or or even Simpson, who's played so well, if one of them slip up, I think to Julius seems like I think when he's on the floor, he looks the best out of all the freshmen besides Brad Zekas. Sure, I mean the issue to me is most comfortable. Brooks and Simpson and Julius really can only play one position. I know you can kind of play Brooks at the two, but you really want to play him alongside a really good defender in Simpson. It's tough to me if Belon rolls out Julius and Brooks in a semi-important game or an important game. Like I'm, I'm not feeling comfortable in my backcourt if, if Belon's playing two six-footers. They can't really drive. They can kind of shoot and can't really create for others. You know That's, that's a concern to me. Sean, what, who, who, where do you want depth from? Oh, I mean, what I want, I, I think that Johns is like the farthest, you know, the, the closest to being able to get actual playing time. Yeah. Austin Davis may be able to take a incremental step forward. He's definitely been underwhelming. Where, um, where is that step coming? You mean he's going to learn how to drop, step, and dunk? I mean, what are we waiting for, Sean? I think I think if we if we can come in the game and be a net neutral, yeah, okay, yeah, like okay. If he's not if he's not taking those offensive fouls, if he's not hacking, if he's not you know, um, if he if he sets hard screens and, and rolls the ball to the basket hard and gets back on transition defense, that could be all we need. Yeah, because I think that one of the disappointments we've seen so far has been the lack of um, you know freshman involvement, aside from of course Iggy. Yep. Uh, but really, it's been all non factors. Julius would be good. Just from the eyeball test, the guy's kind of like, I don't know, maybe he's going to be a little bit quicker uh, with the ball, but he's kind of short and stocky, yeah. like a uh, like not a guy that just looks like a uh, a D one athlete. Mm. No offense to Dave, you know, you you guys feel that or no? Am I just no? I kind of like his build. I think it's kind of nice to have a bit of a burly point guard. I was saying to Nick before when I was watching the Rutgers game that Rutgers has a six four point guard, a guy Geo Baker, who I know isn't you know Michigan level I don't believe he's a good player but it'd be nice to have a big point guard who could just go and rise up and shoot and score over somebody and I don't know maybe Darius Morris was the last guy yeah. B-line had Sean sure but Morris was 6'4 right that's my point uh, 
six. All of them. He's like six foot. Who? DeJulius. No, no, no. I'm I'm just saying. Right. DeJulius isn't isn't big. Right. Uh, I'm saying he's, yeah. he's a thick guard, but I'm saying if Michigan were to go out and go get a point guard, I want a big point guard. We, we haven't had that in so long. I agree. Yeah. No, I agree. He's, a, he's short, but stocky. Yeah. Maybe he'll be a good defender or something like should that. We, no, should we end with some predictions? Do we see any way Michigan slips this week against Northwestern or South Carolina? South Carolina, you know, we're not going to really preview either team. North Carol- Northwestern's pretty much just Vic Law and a bunch of dudes who have been there since like the late 90s when, when Brian McIntosh <laughs> left. Uh, and, and South Carolina's bad. We almost played them at Mohegan, and, and they're not a good team. They lost at home to Wofford a couple weeks ago. So that's that's – I like Frank Martin, and and Nick and I stood next to Frank Martin, and that's that's a big human, but uh, but that's not a good basketball team. Do you see Do you see any issue any issue of us uh, losing to either one of those teams, Sean? The only issue is the fact that I have had terrible luck. Um, the last two years, me watching college Michigan college basketball live, right. I'm at a five hundred. Oh, that makes more. And that. Yeah, that may, that should make you nervous. Uh, other than that, no. I mean, I think that the line's six and a half right now. I'm telling you right now, if you want to, if you want to take the bookie out of business, really you take Michigan. Yeah, I think you take Michigan against the spread until until uh, your luck runs out. Well, I would out, rip that spread. Hell yeah, right? yeah. Six and a half. What say you both? Oh man, Nick, anything? I mean, any shot we lose to Northwestern or South no Carolina chance. this week? I don't see no it. No chance. I don't see it. I'm excited to see who shuts down Vic Law. Who who Vic Law gets to go three for fifteen against? It's going to be great. Yeah, but he yeah. can shoot free throws. Anything maybe else? maybe I Beeline at halftime. Will how much do we lose by? In. I think. I mean, this is the revenge tour. This might be the last stop of 2018 on the revenge tour. On the revenge tour because. Be. I mean, if I didn't lose to South Carolina a couple years no, ago, we did. Yeah. Oh yeah, we did lose to South Carolina. A couple years ago. I guess yeah. Nope. Two two to South Carolina, and then oh. uh, we're gonna kill Florida in the Peach Bowl. Oh god, oh, I can't believe. Florida. I think we're going to. We'll 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 get to the Peach Bowl a little bit as it gets closer. We'll see who even plays. Sean, they might need you to suit up down in uh, down in Atlanta. So we'll see. We'll see who's available. Um, I think that's it. Kind of a, a busy week, but a slowish week on the on the Western front. Pun definitely intended. Uh, next week, there's only one basketball game against Western Michigan. So I don't know, listeners, send us some some funny things you want us to talk about because it's it's a little slow into December for a couple weeks. Um, we may we may be talking about some some Shea Patterson news or maybe a couple other things I that mean, we get to. We'll have to wait and see. We're not sure quite oh, yet. Oh wait, wait! I gotta I gotta just tease the fans a little tease bit. Tease them. So this is this is a exclusive from Champions of the West, and if you're listening to the very end, the bitter end of this podcast, you'll be rewarded with a nugget of information. Know. So I stayed in Austin, Texas this weekend. At a uh, eclectic, zany, um, crazy uh, little Airbnb, and the host, who is so nice, uh, mentioned that a football player stayed here this summer, and it was none other than Shea Patterson wow. and his girlfriend. Wow. And she said definitively that he was going to either stay or leave. I'm not going to spill the news. I don't want to ruin his life. I don't want all this stuff to get out, and that you know, 
ABC's coming, knocking down our door and stuff like that. But uh, she said definitively if we will stay or go, go per his girlfriend. So um, hit us up, DM us, like maybe sponsor us or something, and maybe we will uh, still together? Re- release it. I don't know. I got to figure out the name. So any listeners, if you guys know Shay's girlfriend's name. That's weird. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. don't don't let us know. We, 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 we don't care that No, nah, we don't. We're, we're in it for the journalism. We're not in it to ruin people's lives. Shale and shame on you. Shame exactly. on you. Exactly. No, I don't want to ruin lives. Why I, that's why I'm not telling them. What was he doing? It was he, was he working out for the combine? What was he doing down in Texas? He was he because he got drafted from by the MLB oh, by some organization. Sean with the scoop. All right, well, I got ladies and gentlemen. Next week we'll have some more developing news on this story and others. For the record, Sean, when you were in Evanston last year, Michigan scored fifty-two points. If Michigan scores fifty-two points again tomorrow, you are banished from this fucking podcast. I want to see swear. you on TV again, like last year. Yeah, it was cute, but like score some points. Um, I think that's it for Sean, for Nick, for Josh, for the number one defense in the country on the hardwood and in our hearts. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.